0: You have unlocked the eternal link to internal source. The key of imagination, your admission, access to the enlightened dimension. A gateway at the junction of darkness and light, the place at which the chaos of our conditioned frame of mind give way to a life in constant flux, only to be mastered through vigilant discipline. Peaceful times may come, testing times may go, this is the Ebb and Flow. What's up everybody, welcome to the Ebb and Flow podcast. I am your host Evan Britton. It is another day in paradise out there y'all. It's about 100 degrees here in LA. We are sizzling baby, the sun is out. The birds are chirping, the sky is blue, and here we are. I feel blessed to be with you guys for another deep dive into this experience we call life. Once again, I am joined by none other than my brother, Augustus Britton. Gus, welcome. Yes. It's great to be here, man. We're here. We've got a nice flow going here, dude. I appreciate you being my roll dog. Absolutely. So today, dude. Yeah. I guess what we're gonna do is we're gonna deconstruct. We're gonna do a little deconstruction of social media. Yes. But before we do that, I feel compelled to share these intense dreams I had last night and some insights i gained this morning Mm. in meditation Mm. so last night i mean for the last six months through this uh, through coronavirus because that's you know that's the easiest way to describe this time we're in and this sort of um you know this paradigm shifting of experience that has been brought on by this virus um my dreams have been so intense they've been like movies but beyond that because they feel real they feel my dreams almost i'm not even dreaming i'm somewhere between the real world and this chasm of spiritual insight It's like, it feels like I'm sleeping with one eye open, open, having these experiences from past lives or future lives. And, you know, they're incredibly heavy. They've been at times incredibly draining. Last night, I had a dream of armies gathering. And I was on one side, but the interesting thing, thinking back to my dream, was that while I was in this one camp at first, and we were gathering and sort of trying to gain a, we were, we were this first army I was a part of, we were trying to, we were attempting to gain a stable ground. But then later on in my dream, it switched and my perspective was from the other army, the opposing army. Mm. And it was tremendously intense. I felt all the, I felt the range of emotions that I imagine come with warfare, rage, fear, anxiety, excitement passion, deep belief, and what we were fighting for and against. Um, and I couldn't even really tell you what that is, <laughs> other than, you know, just the simple idea, the simple sensation of being in the midst of a war, or in preparation for a war. And and really, to me, and I had a great meeting with one of my spiritual mentors later this morning just before i got here you know this is a big time of spiritual warfare internal warfare for all of us we're all in the midst of these internal battles and when you surrender to that and you're able to sit with that and be with that there's so much we can gain and learn from what's going on inside of us so i woke up this morning and You know, having, you know how it is, you wake up in the morning after having a super intense dream like that, and you're on edge. You know, I could feel it buzzing through my nervous system. I felt the anger, I felt the fear. And, you know, part of my morning practice is always to get 30 minutes of meditation and prayer in. Uh, Before the day gets started. And so I sat down. I got my meditation going. And I start meditating. And these two aspects of myself emerge. And the first aspect of myself that came through. You know it's almost a, a. You know these are shadows of my grand. Of my collective self. And the first aspect of myself was this savage warrior, this wild man who's ready for action, ready for battle at all times. And in the past, I would say that I've been very fearful of this character. I've been very wary of this character. But this morning, I had this profound insight to just let him be there and to thank him. And I took him, I actually pet his head and I said, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here because I'm so grateful to have you because if anything should happen, I know that you can protect us. And then the other aspect of myself which came in was this, the terrified little boy, the scared little boy inside of me that is worried that there is no safety that nothing is okay. And I took that little boy's hand and I held it and I said, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. And I held there. I sat there with these two aspects of myself and I allowed them to be there without trying to push them away, go somewhere else, get rid of it. And by God, it fucking all of the, the fear and the anxiety and the rage, it lifted And it completed, what what emerged was, was this complete picture of me sitting there in the present moment, in peace, in safety, in harmony with my surroundings, ready to take on the day one moment at a time. And that's a big practice for me. You know, in this, if you're on a spiritual path, the word spiritual, it, compartmentalizes it i know for many of you and you put it into this category of something sort of unseen and weird and out there but whatever that means for you being in alignment with your destiny path when because when we go on a path of healing ourselves or integrating ourselves to be more whole Many of the times we're seeking out this perfect vision of ourselves, this perfect idealized golden idol of who we wish we were, that is minus all of these other characters. But it's like, as Ramdas says, or any of the great spiritual gurus, Rumi has talked about it in his poetry. You know, When these characters come to your door knocking, invite them in for tea and sit with them and allow them to be there. Because the moment you start pushing them away, you create the monsters. You give it energy. It starts to suck energy from you because it becomes something that you're running away from. But if you just allow them to be there with you in that moment, you realize it's all you. That's you because you said it the other day in a podcast it, when and it's it's cosmic in my experience in the thread of my consciousness that's been happening over the last week, I have to say, because this is sort of the a missing piece for me is allowing all of this shit to just be here and not pushing it away and not running from it. But you said, you know, Ramdas had this experience of seeing all of these people and characters as himself hmm. Because that's what, that's what this is all about. Yeah. Because you can never, you can never cut yourself off from who you are and the various aspects of you. They're all in there. Yeah. Yeah. The wild man, the sex fiend, the warrior, the, you know, the fucking terrified child. Like they're all in there, man. Mm -hmm. And I got to have this beautiful experience of just allowing them to be with me and bringing them in and fucking loving them for who they are and what they represent in me because they're so necessary and vital to me as a complete human. Right. So I just wanted to share that to kick this thing off.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's uh, thank you for sharing that. And it's very, very interesting dream. I mean, dreams are just, just, you know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we spend a third of our lives asleep, mm. so we essentially are spending. If you get to the dream state, which, uh, you know, not everybody dreams. I mean, or more, some people dream less than others. More some more than others, but if we're spending a third of our lives dreaming. It's certainly something to look into and consider and um, wonder about and dissect and parse over and pay attention to. Pay attention to. I mean, Sigmund Freud in 1900, I believe. He he. I was talking to somebody the other day. He uh, dated interpretation of dreams. I believe it was interpretation of dreams. Yeah, but interpretation he, of dreams. Yeah, he delayed he. Um, dated that seminal work 1900 when he he was a little bit earlier in the late 1800s because he wanted it to carry over into the next century but i mean there's so many amazing thinkers that have worked and moved through dreams so it's a super powerful thing to uh talk about and consider and you know you said something it's interesting you bring it up and it kind of seamlessly ties us back into the social media sphere today i posted this thing that said we're only as sick as our secrets which i think we talked about a little bit in another podcast um but below that i did the caption and I had something happen as I was writing the caption, I had this realization in the caption, I wrote, um, you know, something about what are you laughing at? Do you know what I wrote? or are you? No, just laughing? No, I was, so I wrote something about being honest with the darkness. Mm. And I said, "Hey, the darkness feels neglected. Yes. The darkness feels sad that you're not paying attention to it. Let it out to play." It's another little child there, dude. Yes. Let it play a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, that's been a really profound man, because it's radical. I mean, it's radical yep. behavior, at least early on in the spiritual process, if you will, to speak about the darkness and bring the darkness to light, because I feel like there's something where. First of all, it might be scary. Second of all, maybe you feel like you shouldn't bring it up because maybe you don't want to talk about it or it seems like it might be easier, like you said, if you just push it away. But as we know, man, that beast, that child, whatever you want to call it, starts to get agitated and kind of grumpy that it's being neglected.
0: You turn it into a monster.
1: Yeah. And I think, yeah, I had a really interesting experience, like, writing that. And it's funny that you're bringing it up now. I mean, it's just... Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. We need to honor that. Absolutely. We need to honor that. And that's, that's cool that that happened in your meditation. And you've gotten the awareness now that you're capable of looking at it in a different way. Hmm. I mean, that's really, that's really uh, sagacious. I mean, that's something, that's a different level of awareness and availability to the full spectrum of colors and feelings and stars that are showing up in your experience. I mean, so, you know, I would pat yourself on the back I mean, not to be, you know, not to trip on the spirituality of it to like, you know, not that spirituality or the journey is about gold stars. But I think it's important to take stock Mm -hmm. in the process that we're going through. I had an experience on my run this morning. I run down to like Lancashire, which is about two miles away. And when I first, or maybe it's about three miles. When I first started doing these runs, I could barely get there. And now I can get there really easily. Mm. And then today I got there and ran almost halfway back. Mm. And I was like, wow, the malleability mm. and the plastic nature and the availability for growth physically, spiritually, Mentally is amazing, mm. so I think it's good to check in with that. Definitely, because I don't know. Because, like you said, in your past journey or in the journey leading up to this, you might have pushed it away
0: oh, and I said, "Hey, dude, you're I not
1: real. You're not. You know, fuck you.
0: You know, uh, as I, a, yeah." I can't look at that. Yeah, so no, that's, no, we're not allowed to be fierce warriors. We're not allowed to be a terrified child. We're not allowed. Yeah. Go away! Go away! Get out of here! Yeah, that doesn't... It doesn't work, man. That
1: leads to resentment. Ugh. That leads to this ticking bomb of shit. And...
0: <laughs>
1: you know, You're right! And before you know it, dude, that big bag of shit that's in the middle of the living room explodes and it hits the fan and it's all over the
0: room. It's really the big bag of shit that's in the middle of your gut. Yeah, so
1: you might as well pick that bag of shit up, you know, little by little. I had this experience just the other day. I had a bunch of boxes down here, Mm. and I had to carry them upstairs. Uh And, like, each box was, like, 50 pounds, and I had, like, eight boxes. (laughs) And I had this thing. I was like, oh, man, I can only carry one of these boxes at a time. Mm. And then at a certain point when I go upstairs, they're all there. But it was, like, bit by bit. Uh, so i think that was you know
0: no man
1: yeah thank you for sharing
0: that for sure yeah well to your point of what you experienced on your run today our physical bodies are simply manifestations of everything happening emotionally and spiritually Mm. so when you're changing your physical form You're also changing and transforming your emotional and spiritual world. Like for me, going from being 330 at the end of my football career in the NFL to where I'm at now at 250, 255. Mm. Not only did I lose 60 plus pounds of body weight, but I lost a significant more amount of emotional and spiritual baggage.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I have a question for you because, you know, when I, I'm on, I'm on a bit of a new open spiritual journey and something that happened to me when I first got on it. And it's funny because it's, it was also kind of when quarantine kicked off in a way, Mm -hmm. I started changing myself physically and I felt like that was really, that was a great starting point because when you begin with changing yourself physically you can see it. Yes. You know, it's much easier to see. Yes. Like you can look in the mirror and go, "Oh wow, my uh, you know, my belly or my my face look I mean, I notice my face looks way better when I exercise." Yeah. So would you say that to somebody that might want to change? Start with Starting physical, physical is kind of a good way to kick it off, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Get your physical body moving because that generates the energy and the momentum. It can be really difficult because our consciousness is so fucking infinite and massive and the way our mind and our heart works. It's so vast. So it can be almost impossible to get your mind into shape 1st Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So get your body into shape first Mm -hmm. because then it all spirals up from there. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. you get your physical body toned and you start to master your physical body, master the body, master the mind, master the spirit Mm -hmm. because you start with what you can handle. You know, you can't go from depressed, miserable, miserable, Full of sadness, hopelessness, unworthiness to being this shooting star of success and inspiration and creativity. How are you going to do that? How do you do that? Mm -hmm. So you start with the physical. Yeah. And you start taking steps one by one. Mm -hmm. Put one foot in front of the other. Start moving your body. Start getting your body into shape. Start toning up your body. All of a sudden, your mind starts clearing. You start clearing out all of that shit. Like we talked about having that little box of sand with the jewel at the center of it. And you're working to just brush away that sand so that you can clear the space for that jewel to shine through. Mm -hmm.
1: The other thing on that is exercising is such a meditative experience absolutely because it's so mental absolutely i mean so that's a nice buttering up preparation period to be able to sit in med in meditation for 15 minutes or 20 minutes you know even my runs like i have this experience with like my run and it's kind of a similar experience to when i sit to meditate Cause like in the beginning I'm like, Oh, okay, here we go. You know? And then I start flowing yes and then I'm flowing more and then, you know, halfway through the run, I'm like, I don't really want to stop. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing that happens. If I stop, I'm kind of, it's a little bit harder to get back into the run, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's cool. I think, uh, Using the physical as a catalyst to, to getting deeper into the spiritual, I think that's awesome.
0: It's incredibly empowering to feel like shit and to break through that physically and to overcome all of that, that deep, low feelings you have, overcoming it through action. It's incredibly empowering to do that. So I always, I think, I think physical, that's why the yogic postures to me are so important. You know, and a guy like Sadhguru talks about how it's been so bastardized and fucking, you know, sort of the yogic practice has been thrown to shit in America because we've turned it into this, this fitness thing. But, The physical body is your way in. And I think that's especially true for many Americans because we're in this world of materialism and consumerism. So if you can start at the physical level, that'll take you into the next realms.
1: Yeah, which is interesting to think about the beginnings of yoga where they were a lot closer to the spiritual realm than we are. Yeah. I would imagine because they're living closer to nature. Yeah. We're living a lot further away from nature. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, you know, the computers, the phones, also just, you know, not growing our food, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I think that, in a way, thinking about it now, that makes sense that, y- you know, their postures were corpse pose and like a lotus seat. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah
0: it's awesome dude it's awesome great way to kick this thing off so yeah the deconstruction of social media i've got some dates all right now don't get me wrong i've had a lot of thoughts about this gus since we started talking about doing this episode but in the grand scheme i don't think social media is inherently good or bad yeah. I think it it can be a magnificent tool. Yes. I want to start with this these sort of laying out the groundwork of what this this discussion is going to be about. Now it's a magnificent tool of connection. It's a magnificent platform to amplify your message as a node or a part uh, or a particle of the universe and your little individual life that you have, it is magnificent to have access to something like social media. what a what an incredible tool. Now that being said, this thing has quickened at such a massive rate how we use it and what we do with it and it's so infinite and vast in its landscape of what is available within it. um, What the darkness, because once again, as spirit is in all things, therefore social media once again is another social media. The internet itself is all another manifestation of spirit and God Also works through these things as well Mm -hmm. so that being said what do i mean by it's been so quickened in its pace that we've almost lost what it uh, what it started out as for me and i'd like to go into your notes and your timeline on how these things came about but Social media really began as a way to connect with people. Not only now did you have access to, you know, being able to call someone. At one time, that was a revolutionary thing. To be able to pick up a phone and call your friend across the country, across the world, and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And connect with a person that's incredibly far away. mm mm-hmm. and to to shorten that distance between you and your loved ones and your friends. So social media is another, it's an exponential factor on connection. Covering great distances, you can learn, you can know about how people are doing, you can see how they're living, posting pictures, sharing their thoughts, etc. So this is To me, this was the basis of what social media Mm -hmm. was and was founded under. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there toiling away in the darkness who would say, no, social media is a CIA contraption to gain all of our information, etc. That's fine, because there is always the dark and the light in every scenario. I'm saying, on the surface, the light, the very... The very epitome of what social media represents is is a tool for connection. So let's go into it. Yeah. Let's dive in. Yeah. Where the fuck did this thing start? All right. So <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh,
1: I wanted to just see some chronology of different items here.
0: I think so, it's important.
1: Yes. So the the telephone, the telephone. Italian innovator Antonio Miucci is credited with inventing the first basic phone in 1849. Mm. And Frenchman Charles Borsul devised a phone in 1854. However, Alexander Graham Bell won the first U.S. patent for the device in 1876. Okay. So we've got the telephone, like this big thing.
0: Wow, I didn't know you were going to start there. That was funny how yeah, yeah. <laughs> intuited that. intuited that. Yeah,
1: 1876, okay? So then we've got 6th of August, 1991, the World Wide Web goes live. Oh, wow. This says there's no fanfare in the global press. In fact, most people around the world didn't even know that the Internet was a thing. Even if they did... The revolution of the web ushered in was still but a twinkle in this gentleman Tim Berners Lee Lee's eyes. Okay, so 1991. Wait, so Tim Berners Lee, I guess that's
0: the created guy created the web. How did that come about? What is Who the fuck knows. I mean, that's a that because that to me is almost the most mystical point of all of this. Where the fuck is the source of the internet? And the World Wide Web, what does that emanate from?
1: Today is a significant day in the history. August 1991, exactly 21 years. This is an old article. World Wide Web became publicly available. Its creator, the now internationally known Tim Berners-Lee, posted a short summary of the project on this website and gave birth to a new technology which would fundamentally change the world as we knew it. I mean, yeah, this is just... Um, I mean, the WWW project merges the techniques of information retrieval and hypertext to make an easy but powerful global information system. The project started with the philosophy that much academic information should be freely available to anyone. It aims to allow information sharing within internationally dispersed teams and the dissemination of information by support groups. So that kind of lines up with your thought. Yeah. That it was this, and this is the web, you were talking about
0: telephones, but kind of same thing. But it began as under the guise of people should have access, have available access to all the information available in the world,
1: and community in a way, to me and it's community. like a com- like a yes. community thing. Okay, so nineteen ninety one, the web comes web on. comes
0: out, August first. Who two- the fuck is that guy now? Tim Jesus. Berners I Lee. I mean,
1: it's got to be the great one of the greatest inventions of life. I, <laughs> I
0: mean, <laughs> it's, right? <laughs> it's it's almost mind blowing how important and catapulting that creation was I mean the internet my mind my mind is literally sizzling It's like uh it. it's, it's so massive
1: It's like a um, synthesized universe. yeah
0: it's a consciousness it's another it's a global consciousness. Holy shit <laughs> okay. So, Holy 91, the web th- comes on. Yeah. Okay.
1: Tim Berners-Lee, he's 65 years old. He lives in London. I mean, that's just like... he He's a whole fucking... I don't know. That's that's a mind-blower. Did he
0: make any money off I of
1: don't, that? I, like, you would think he'd be the richest man he'd on Earth. be a Earth. trillionaire. You'd yeah. never
0: even heard the name. I know. Literally. <gasps> Holy shit. Wild. Okay, so where do we go from there? So, then... People start doing this thing. Whatever the internet is. So then, August
1: 1st, 2003, MySpace launches. Wow. Now, the subtitle of MySpace, check this out. MySpace, a place for friends.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I remember that in so high school.
1: I think if you're of a certain age, you remember... MySpace being this weird thing where yep. you could kind of represent yourself yep. in this digital realm. Yes. And then you would have your top five people. Yep. Very odd. So then, February 2004. So MySpace was 2003. 2004 facebook launches
0: Mm, yep i had my first introduction to facebook summer of 2005 when i arrived at the university of arizona and the older guys on my team were like dude do you have a facebook account i was like no what the fuck is facebook they're like dude it's like myspace but way cooler it's all college kids and at that time it was you had to have a college school email to get an account on Facebook. Yeah. And it was all about, like, the poking.
1: Poke. I was going to bring that up. Poking
0: the, you know, the chicks you were into, friends, connecting with people. I'm pretty sure it was already international Uh at that time. But it was very, it was a very... Uh, control, it felt very controlled. Uh-huh. You know, you th- you knew that people were weird if they were over the age of 30 on Facebook. Interesting. So you
1: didn't have to be in school.
0: I feel like that was a prerequisite to getting a Facebook account. At that time, you had to have a college email huh. to get an account. But then there were like the tricklings in of sort of you know outside forces started popping up
1: yeah and of course there's that weird story that facebook was originally some rating system for women
0: well yeah because zuckerberg zuckerberg stole it from those twins uh-huh at harvard Voss or something yeah the Voss twins but they it was stole like a the concept
1: originally kind of this slimy like you would rate girls on campus or something
0: right something like that yeah
1: okay so then i just i think it's good to just kind of lay out this yeah and then we yeah. can go deeper no, the
0: chronology I, I think is important because how did how the fuck did we get here yeah yeah
1: so we got facebook 2004 2010, October 6th, 2010, after months of testing, Instagram launches.
0: 2010?
1: Yes. The dudes, Systrom and Krieger, didn't know exactly what to expect, but 25,000 users showed up on the first day. For late 2010, when there were fewer iPhones on the market, that was a big number. Mm. Then, this is an interesting thing. After its launch in 2010, Instagram rapidly gained popularity with 1 million registered users in two months, 10 million in a year, and 1 billion as of May 2019. Wow. The first Instagram post was, I guess, one of the founders, Kevin Systrom's photograph of a stray dog sitting near a taco stand in Mexico where he captioned it test and uploaded it a few months before his idea was launched on the public to on October 6th, uh,
0: 2010. Wow. Um, what was the, is there a tagline for what Instagram was? What was the basis of creation? Well, cause Instagram is very
1: capture and share the world's moment.
0: Ah, okay.
1: So Instagram was more of a, visual yeah it was and they had those little kind of chintzy filters did they yeah there was like a few filters you could use i think um i don't think instagram was thought as this community thing in the way facebook or myspace was originally i think
0: what that whatever that thing was capture the world in the moment yeah That, to me, is the epitome of what Instagram took on, was this moment by moment, you could follow someone's journey, life, their day, a day in the life of X, because they'd post this picture, whether it was a selfie or the dog they saw at the taco stand, where they were, what they're doing, and sort of what they're thinking about
1: yeah this says initially when it was developed, it was never meant to be a content sharing platform. It was developed mainly to allow people to check in where they are through their mobile app mobile interesting
0: webbing. interesting. yeah where does Twitter fall in all this? I forgot about Twitter well, while you're searching that, Facebook well, I has, found it, but yeah. Facebook has been so distorted and twisted and contorted into something completely different now
1: such an odd conglomeration of things yeah weird
0: facebook has become this because facebook is
1: kind of a mix of all of them uh uh-huh. it's like a news thing uh
0: facebook is too much for me
1: a Twitter and you can post photos. It's
0: I'm on of... the verge of deleting my Facebook account. Yeah. Cause it's just too much. It's all too much for me. I can manage Instagram. Twitter moves way too fast for me. Cause it seems to be all stream of consciousness and news through words. And that always just feels like way too high speed. Instagram is something I can post I can share my content and I can step back from. On Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. Even though. That also has its pitfalls, but let's continue. So Twitter came so about. T-
1: Twitter came out, Mark. So let's just recap. So we got MySpace 2003. Which is is MySpace around anymore? Well, I got this chronology, or I have this timeline of these things. So okay. I'll, I'll share that too. So MySpace 2003. Facebook, 2004. Instagram, 2010.
0: Wow, six years.
1: Well, and then, see, Twitter fell in between. Twitter was March 21st,
0: 2006. Oh, okay.
1: Twitter is an American microblogging and social networking service on which users post and interact with messages known as tweets.
0: Uh.
1: Um, It's also interesting... You know, it's interesting how each one has their way of expressing yourself too. Uh-huh. Like Twitter did the thing of one hundred and twenty cat, one hundred and twenty letters. Yeah, right. One hundred twenty words or something. One
0: hundred and twenty characters. Yeah. You know. It was Twitter? Yeah. So. That's... Well, then there was another one. There was Snapchat. Right, Snapchat. That must have been around the time of Instagram, if maybe after.
1: No, Insta so Snapchat was later. Snapchat yeah, that was around Instagram. Snapchat was July eighth, two
0: thousand
1: eleven. Mm. Um
0: Does Snapchat exist?
1: Snapchat still exists, but they kind of it seems like they kind of fucked themselves because Facebook wanted to buy them for however many billion dollars or maybe it might have been 500 million or something. And they said no. And then what fucking Facebook did is they just incorporated all of like Snapchat's main
0: technology
1: in like with stories. Uh That was Snapchat. Uh You know, that was Instagram took that. Took that and just now now Snapchat's this weird fucking
0: Facial recognition, Ah, porn software. It's just
1: weird. Snapchat's just, I don't understand it, really, with news. And it's like, dude, do we need Snapchat? Do we need that many things? We
0: really don't.
1: So then the other thing, I did this timeline of social media. Okay. And it goes from 1972 up until now. Wow. There's a good amount of social media sites that didn't make it. Uh Which I didn't really realize. Like, there's a bunch of them. Flickr, Orcut, Tagged, Qzone, Reddit, Renren, AOL, Yahoo, MSN, Habo, Open Diary, FidoNet, Arpanet, Quora, Keek, Path. So, like, there's, like, a bunch of them that just, like, fell off. This Reddit
0: hung around. That's like an underground news sharing viral thing. Yeah. That's a very bizarre world that I have no interest in being a part of.
1: Yeah. This one was kind of intriguing to me. This one called Bebo. That was just a disaster. It, <laughs> it started in 2005 that describes itself as a company that dreams up ideas for fun social apps. And it was sold. Came out in 2005, yeah, and it was sold. AOL bought it for like 805 million mm, so dollars, and it out. tanked. <laughs> and that's why AOL tanked. Like their AOL CEO tanked. got fired because of buying this. Wow. And it just fucking bombed.
0: What was the? What was the actionable experience for of Bebo? Bebo?
1: Original website features users received a personal profile page where they would post blogs, photos, music, videos, questionnaires and which others users may answer. Additionally could add others as friends and send them messages and update their personal profiles and notify friends about themselves. So it's like a it's just it's it the was same just thing. too
0: early. It was just too early.
1: Or just didn't karmically hit right. right. I don't know.
0: Well I've
1: five two thousand five Facebook was 04.
0: Yeah. So well, I feel like, but Facebook didn't start out that way, though, dude. Mm. Facebook was much more simplistic in its functionality when it first started. Mm. Like, it didn't have all this shit. Yeah. You could post, you know, a picture and a caption. You could find friends you could poke people which i think was always like the most interesting part of facebook yeah because it was enticing and interesting and kind of sexy and and all of that (laughs) and then but it, it wasn't everything it is now you couldn't share a video you couldn't do all this other shit and then instagram came along and it programmed us with this idea of like Let's share our our personal, unique content with the world. Hey, I'm an interesting person. Take a look at what either I look like in this selfie Mm -hmm. with some wispful, imaginative caption Mm -hmm. talking about my own philosophy on the world or the moment, whatever. So it programmed us with this idea of like, oh... It's interesting to share our ideas and our lives and our inner world with people on this thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Isn't that... Dude, we might need to do like four or this five like of a these fucking, fucking things. This is like a six-part
0: <laughs> miniseries.
1: Yeah. So then... So, yeah. I mean, this is just kind of But funny. don't
0: you think that's an interesting aspect of social media is how our consciousness has evolved with it?
1: Yes. And like,
0: I, tell me... Tell Do you have the date? When did smartphones...
1: This is what I got. Okay. I got it pulled up means... right here. But I also want to say, I mean, we probably need to touch on it later, but that's interesting to me, what you were talking about, how the photo with the caption. And like somehow, <laughs> not in the same way Facebook does, not in the same way Twitter does, somehow Instagram yeah. became philosophical. Yeah. Like, I write about, so I wrote this book, How to Kill a White Man, and the title, I don't know, (laughs) it's really a book about social media and about this stuff. I talk about if a woman, and this is just, this was just kind of an example that was, like, clear to me. If a woman posts a photo in a bikini, and she puts in the caption the word, wet, Mm. That's going to have a much different impact than if she posts the caption, Old Soul. Mm. It's like, what the fuck? Totally. It's vastly different.
0: Oh, my God. And
1: it just kind of makes it, it makes the game and the universe of the game endless. Mm. Because it's always like, what could the caption be? Uh-huh. It's almost like this incredible icing on the cake of the
0: experience. Yes. I was thinking about, like you said, I was thinking about this. And there's something about the functionality of Instagram that is much different from everything because it's just this constant stream. Uh-huh. It's your constant flow of who you follow. And you don't have to like go seek out what, I don't have to go and look at look up what Gus is doing, uh-huh. because when I follow Gus, anything you post, it comes through my feed. Mm-hmm. And so I there's this very interesting stream of consciousness functionality to Instagram, whereas Facebook, it's like you step onto this platform and you're in another world where you kind of have to navigate. And yes, there is a feed of the people that you're friends with kind of scrolling through, but that's not the main attraction of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Well, also what you're doing with your hand right now makes me think like Eb is doing this thing with his fingers where he's scrolling up. It's interesting how Instagram translated so perfectly to the phone. Yeah. To the, the iPhone. Yeah. It's fucking perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Perfect movement for the iPhone. Yeah facebook doesn't have that yeah twitter doesn't have that yeah snapchat doesn't have that for some reason the way and that kind of fell in place because well i guess instagram came out with the iphone so it was sort of designed perfectly for that was
0: the first iphone
1: that's what I have now.
0: All right, let's talk about that.
1: So I mean, here I have a chronology of the cell phones for, for, of cell phones from 1983 up until today. So basically for like the first 20 years they look like bricks or they look like, you know, flip things that are like ridiculous. The Blackberry? And that's not out yet. Oh, okay. It, it, well, that came that came a little later. So it seems like Motorola and Nokia yep. kind of just had the market. Yep. like Nokia like all the phones are Nokia's in particular. Yes. Ericsson. So then so they start to get a little so the Blackberry is now here in two thousand three. Blackberry Quark. So then the Razor comes out in two thousand four. So we got the Razer. That was kind of like an intro into like, ooh, this could be something different. Uh-huh. We could do weird shit with this. Uh-huh. It doesn't need to be just uh like this can be aesthetically interesting. Uh-huh. So then you've got some weird like f- like, flip things, uh, the Motorola Q, Prada Seemed to try and jump in the market. That clearly, Prada, the clearly, designer. Yeah, that clearly didn't really work. So 2007. <laughs> 2007, the iPhone. First iPhone in 2007? Yes, the original iPhone was released in June 2007 with an auto-rotate sensor, multi-touch sensor that allowed multiple impulse while ignoring minor touches. Touch interface that replaced the traditional QWERTY keyboard's and many other features that helped to give Apple an almost instant healthy market share on its release. So 2007, that runs for a bit. You've got some different Blackberries. I, I had this Helio Ocean thing, which was like a kind of like a handheld sidekick type. Oh, yeah, thing. yeah, I
0: remember that. The <laughs> sidekick too. So
1: then the sidekick. There's there's. It seems like there were early variations of the sidekick. Uh-huh. BlackBerry Bold comes out. Um, so then let me see when the sidekick, so the sidekick 2009, another Prada phone, Blackberry curve. So the sidekick is out in 2009. So that was just, I just remember that in high school just being really, I think I had a sidekick or I wanted one or something. Um, so that's where we get
0: well it's interesting how apple
1: that's where we're at
0: apple started with the ipod
1: yeah when did the ipod
0: come because out? the ipod was this was a smaller version of the iphone 2001 that you could put all your music on way
1: earlier and it had this
0: function this this smart screen yeah. functionality to it
1: well the early ones had a couple buttons remember the early ones had like the four buttons it
0: had the home button
1: yeah and then you would
0: Uh uh-huh yeah 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 the circle yeah
1: yeah. i'm looking at it to scroll through yeah so that was early 2001
0: and i remember when i started hearing oh you know apple's coming out with a phone and i was like right yeah you're gonna do (laughs) a phone i remember that how are they going to do a phone? Your
1: mind was blown that, that they were going to do that.
0: Look where we are, dude. Look how fast Woo! this shit has moved.
1: Look at how fast it's moved. It's a trip. Instagram came out in 2010.
0: The first iPhone was only 2001.
1: No, no, no. The iPod. The first iPhone was 2009.
0: Holy fuck. Yeah. The first iPhone was 2009? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. Evolution. Of really? The phone. Yeah, the evolution of the phone. iPhone one. Yeah. Two thousand nine.
1: The first iPod was O one. The first iPhone was 09.
0: Oh my god. Oh my god, dude! How look at where we are?
1: Oh no, wait. Excuse me. Two thousand eight. Wait, what year does it say here? Oh no, two thousand seven was the first iPhone. Still. 2007
0: still I mean 13 years ago and here I am with an iPhone 11 and it's literally like I have a full blown computer in my hand
1: god in the machine deus ex machina it's ubiquitous now
0: it's so ubiquitous it's so entrenched in our culture that's what's so mind blowing to me is there going to be an iPhone 100 <laughs> I don't know if we're going to make it that far, to be honest with you, because oh, to Jesus me, this, this whole system, this entire system has already revealed itself to be unsustainable in the growth of humanity.
1: So when you say you don't think we're going to make it there, what are you saying? Are you saying... It's all like civilization in terms of technology, as we know it is crumbling or and we're gonna just be running running through the streets in loincloths. What do you?
0: That's
1: a good question
0: i is it, the
1: meteor gonna hit this, I mean what this do we
0: maybe this feels.
1: God, it's so intense! It's, it's so, so intense. intense, man! It's so intense, and it's
0: so—it's fascinating to hear that chronolo- chron- chronological history of this technology yeah. and social media. And it's—it's it's almost mind blowing to me because it feels like it's been a lifetime, but here we are, and it's literally been maybe not even twenty years. And how this has affected the evolution of consciousness in humans. Oh my god, so much. And I feel as though we are just in such a, it appears to me, this is just my view. And hey, there could be, there is a lot of my own internal shit wrapped up in this viewpoint. So take it with a grain of salt, as with everything I say. (laughs) Because, trust me guys, every fucking day I'm confronted with some truth that I'm either off track or finding myself to be full of shit. So take it for what it is. This is just my viewpoint and my perspective on this thing in particular. But it appears to me, from what I view through the lens of social media that human beings are in an absolute undeniable crisis of the soul and i can't help but believe that it is in that that expedited crisis of the soul that we find ourselves in is in direct correlation to the rise and prevalence of this technology in our lives Because what it has done is it has created a greater and greater distance between us and our humanity. The things that keep us grounded, the things that keep us evolving and growing in a sustainable trajectory. I think this moves too fast for human minds to be able to comprehend it.
1: Yeah, I
0: until let me just finish with this yeah, yeah maybe we could get to an iphone 100 if we are able to stop pause take a breath and start to figure out how to use this shit responsibly and with some accountability that's my view And it's all based on my experience. Dude, when I pick up this phone Uh and I start scrolling, I feel after two or three minutes, literally two or three minutes, that's the amount of time it takes for me to begin to feel nauseous and discombobulated. Yeah. And completely off center. Yeah. So what happens when you're just scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or the internet for six plus hours a day which many people are doing i've done it before right you're you're literally you're sapping your your energy source
1: oh i feel exhausted you're exhausted my eyes and my whole body my head i get exhausted
0: and so when i say i don't know if we're gonna make it to an apple iphone 100 i just don't know i don't know because dude literally 13 years since iPhone 1. Look at where we are.
1: Well, what would what would 100 even look like? Probably a chip in your neck. So, yes. I want to say, man, that's a really big pratfall of all this that I tried to talk about in my book, How to Kill a White Man, where I didn't want to be purely negative like you started this out with. Yeah. Saying, "Hey, this can totally be used as a revolutionary tool. Beautiful thing." Yeah. To promote peace and knowledge. So, that's amazing. Um and hey, let me
0: say this too. Yes. I'm grateful for it. Yeah. For it being a tremendous platform for me to put my message and my content out there. With literally spending as little money as possible. Yeah. It's a free platform that you can have access to that you can begin to develop a business with. Well, I mean, to
1: that point, I think it's amazing how, let's say, people in the inner city, dude. You get an iPhone, you have a business. Yeah. You have a huge business opportunity right there. You could make millions of dollars off of Instagram and people have. Yeah. So that's incredible. Let's also note that, you know, you're I don't want to say a slave to Instagram because
0: Well, we definitely can't. You are in a way, but
1: if we you know, if you're 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 working for Instagram if you're posting on their thing. You're you're providing them content to stay afloat. Um But yeah, I mean the the feeling i've really i'm conscious as you said of that pitfall of you know not being super uh new super low and dark about it i will say though part of the reason i wanted to write that book and write and write about these stories is because i heard everybody saying the same things right yeah. It wasn't like I was sitting there and fucking talking to myself.
0: In your echo chamber. I heard
1: I would go to a cafe and I'd hear people saying right next to me, man, how do I get a million
0: followers?
1: <laughs> how do I do this? Oh, my God. You know, I posted that the other day and you should have, you know, my sister got so upset. You know, like different yeah. scenarios of different things. So, you know... I think you can say, Eb, that you know you don't want to be crazy and you don't want to be alarmist, but like when if you're not when do, when do you start being alarmist or when do you start talking about it? Like when do you start saying, "Hey, wait a second. What are all these ass photos doing for my mind and my spirit?" Yeah. And you know, you can the squirt emoji. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) And you can uh, talk about philosophical. And you can, you know, you can curate it to to see what you want to see, but there's also a lot of stuff on there. Yep. Um, so I pulled up a couple other things. Fourteen fifty five, Gutenberg produced what is considered to be the first book ever printed. Huh. A Latin language Bible printed in Manns, Germany. Wow. I just wanted to throw 14, books in there. 55. Yeah, so books have been around for a while. The first library, Livraria Bertrand, is the oldest operating bookstore in the world, founded in 1732 in Lisbon, Portugal. The original bookstore is Lisbon is in Lisbon's Chiado neighborhood, was declared by Guinness as the world oldest operating bookstore in 2016. Amazon. Launched in 1995. A website that only sold books. Only books. Founder Bezos had a vision for the company's explosive growth and e-commerce domination. He knew from the very beginning that he wanted Amazon to be a quote everything and everything store.
0: Mm. Have you seen some of those funny pictures of him from back then? (laughs) Yeah, He's like this nerdy little dude with a bowl cut. The
1: fucking signs painted on fucking... Yeah. tissue yeah and in he's, his office
0: they've i've seen this great meme of him from back then mm-hmm. and he's like really like cute and nerdy and yeah. he's like my name's jeff bezos and i sell books yeah and then <laughs> side by side to him now with the, the fucking stark shaved head aviators aviators with the like bulletproof vest looking <laughs> down vest on yeah. and it's like my name's Jeff Bezos and I sell whatever the fuck I want <laughs> <laughs> it's So hilarious. what an interesting transformation but I wanted to, I wanted to
1: bring that up because it's interesting how things grow Uh-huh It's interesting how things morph and evolve or unevolve Mm. and also back to the human element we can grow we can grow and shift things so you know like you said the internet is a consciousness Mm -hmm. that can grow too yeah and I've got Gil Scott Heron here the revolution will not be televised Mm. he wasn't talking about TVs he was talking about the mind and the spirit Oh. Uh. So. Wow.
0: Whoa, dude. It is so, I mean, so we've much been talking. This, this is, we're at an hour and five minutes.
1: I feel like we've been going for five minutes.
0: I know. We've literally, it feels like we've just scratched just, the surface. We've just
1: got the prelude going. We've
0: just got the groundwork for what is happening. Yeah. But I think this is a good place to end, and I think that we should... Okay make the this should be a multi-part series on social media the internet and the evolution of human consciousness
1: yeah i think we found something this is cool
0: i appreciate you doing all that work dude absolutely um well thanks to tim Berners lee Wow! For www. Tim Berners Lee, dude, shout out to you. I don't know where you're at or what kind of a person you are, but it's a it's kind of fascinating to me that I'm sure people obviously know who the guy is, right? But <laughs> I've to, never I, I know I, 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 I literally I've him. never heard of him. Yeah, he'd be a guy for a podcast. <sighs> he'd be awesome if he's alive.
1: No, he's alive. Sixty five, right. London.
0: Tim. You're welcome on the ebb and flow. Um, Well, I think to round this episode out, look, let's take it back a notch. Let's just see where, how did we get here? Where did we come from? You know, Gus, you and I, we, and our, our grouping of our generation, I think, has had this very interesting perspective on technology because we have almost grown up as this stuff has grown up Mm, yeah when we were kids dude i remember when we got our first tv i was like six or seven yeah and it was this tiny little dad had that box like 12 inch it might have even i don't even know if it had color yet it had like four channels i remember yeah we got our first tv i remember when we When mom had a computer and we first tapped into the internet, which was probably like 96, 97.
1: Never worked.
0: Yeah, it was all dial-up. Yeah. VHS tapes transitioning to Blu-ray and what was the other thing? DVDs. No, but there was something else. The big discs. There
1: was a big disc? There was
0: another thing that came along with DVDs. God, I don't even I well, CD players
1: too. Walkman
0: play- from Walkman's the CD players to the fucking iPod. To the sidekicks and the Blackberries to the iPhone to the
1: walkie talkie phones we had
0: fucking MySpace to Facebook to Instagram. Like here we are, guys, and it's so entrenched in our culture. Wow. If you don't have an Instagram profile or a Facebook profile, people look at you like you're an alien. They think you're dead. I look at, when I hear somebody go, oh yeah, I don't have that. I'm like, my God, you are a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. You're amazing. You are an incredible person that I aspire yeah, to it's be It's amazing.
1: Like. It's wonderful. I've I've heard of people and I believe it happened to me, but I I know people when they've deleted their Instagram, people ask if they're dead.
0: Oh, Interesting and there's dead people on Instagram too. Yeah,
1: which I think needs to be remedied, but I don't know. I find that odd. There is a yeah. way to have an executor. You know, of yeah. your of your Instagram. Well,
0: yeah, you throw that that's on your will now. And your tr- your estate oh, plan. Who takes over That your actually Instagram.
1: prevented me and kind of still prevents me from using in- Instagram today. Mm. It's sort of a not great way to think like you're going to just die, but
0: Well, we Um, all are going to die.
1: Well, I mean, like tomorrow, like, you know, like, oh, well, I better cover my bases on this or not post Like, how do I want what do I want my last post to be? You know what I mean? Something good. Holy shit.
0: An ass shot with a squirt emoji.
1: Yeah. As philosophical (laughs) as possible.
0: (laughs) Hey, I
1: think it is interesting, though, uh. How we grew up—we're kind of the last bastion of knowing life before this level of technology. Uh-huh. Like our cousin, who's eighteen, grew up with iPhones. Yep. Or he's twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two now, and yeah, he
0: grew up with like a Game Boy in his hands. Yeah, you know, I um. But beyond that, one of the Game Boys that was interactive—not like the Game Boy we had, where we were playing Pokemon legit on,
1: right. So now there's a lot – so to talk about your point of responsibility on Instagram, it's hard to get 18-year-olds to be responsible about anything. Oh, yeah. So, like, if they want to post the weird shit, see, that's what I think that, – that I think could potentially be the downfall of Instagram. Which I kind of see it happening now because Instagram has now suddenly been be, suddenly suddenly become nothing but sixteen year olds doing these weird dance videos huh. where I'm just well, like, that's what is this? Well, yeah, because now they've just taken There's TikTok this shit, evolution of TikTok right now. with this reels thing. So I think that could potentially be the downfall where it's just flooded with like sixteen
0: year old nonsense yeah so because it's not grounded in anything and with no experience potentially interesting man
1: who knows what the next thing will be to me
0: the accountability and the responsibility of the use of social media comes into are we gonna let this thing become our life or are we gonna use it as the magnificent tool that it can be that's what i'm really referring to Post whatever fucking weird shit you want, because that's kind of part of the weird, unique expression of humanity that comes through all of us individuals, you know, and this expression of the grand scheme of the universe, whatever that's, I think there's no escaping that because people will find a way to express their fucking weirdness and in whatever way they can. We've been doing it with art for centuries, thousands of years. So what I'm really talking about is, can we get to a point where I don't have to be on, I'm not on or interested in being on Instagram or any social media for 90% of my day. And I can pick it up, I can scroll through leisurely, see what's happening with the people I follow for about 10 minutes, maybe post something, put it down until tomorrow. Are we able to get to that place where it's not consuming you to the point where literally the things that you're viewing on Instagram are infecting and consuming your trains of thought and how you think and perceive and act and behave in your world?
1: Yes, I've been thinking lately about television and how maybe it's become the new TV like, yeah. there's a TV right here in this room. I watch this TV like 30 minutes a week, a week if that, <laughs> yeah. if I turn it on. Uh-huh. So I've been having this thing lately where I'm like, oh, maybe Instagram is just the new TV. Uh-huh. And we just watch a shitload of TV. Yeah. Like, when we actually watched TVs, we watched a shitload of TV. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd come home and watch TV all for the rest of the night. Yeah. So maybe it's something like that. I would also say getting high, That's the that, that to me is a little bit of a pitfall with, uh, with smoking weed for people these days. Because I think you smoke weed and then zone out or zone into Instagram.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then yeah. it, you're just kind of mesmerized. Yeah. As opposed to, which is I think a way cooler experience, you smoke a joint and then go for a walk. Yes.
0: That's what. That's, that's where what we're really wanting. funky
1: stuff happens because you where start. The real shit is. You start looking in the trees, or you look into a flower, <laughs> yes. and you're like, "Oh man, that's way you more get, fun."
0: You get barefoot in the grass and, and way, feel the energy of the fucking earth come through,
1: and way more heart opening, and balancing, and not tempted by weird things. Yeah, not thwarted with a photo of you know a house on fire or something yeah. it's just yeah. like
0: you're in that pure yeah. so i love it dude any any last thoughts after that that was a great last words we could be here for yeah we'll be here all right well we'll yeah. we'll, we'll dive into another aspect of this soon cuz i think it's interesting what is happening to human consciousness and yeah. the The escalating level and access of digital media, social media. Um, Well, hey everybody. Thank you so much for joining on this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Stay in the light. Stay positive. Take some time for yourself. I know I say this just about every time, but I can't stress the importance of getting to square one. Cultivating that integrity of self within you through meditation even just getting mindful about what you're eating and how you're moving and how you're behaving you know this is the magic of life like gus said what if you smoke that joint and instead of being mesmerized by the black mirror you went out and got in the sunshine got barefoot in the grass went to the beach took a walk around your neighborhood these are the things that are going to fill you with life and provide you with some intuitive, creative inspiration to share something really positive on social media. I encourage you to do it. Lots of love to you guys. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton, and this is the Ebon Flow podcast. We're out of here. Peace.